This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, your favorite horror movie, sci-fi, and fantasy podcast where we review, discuss, and commentate on films and television shows of the stated genres. Uh, We're here. It is late. It is about 11 p.m. our time on a Saturday night, and I think it's time we just get this damn Show on the road. Pat. Yes, uh, we start with a bit of tension in the air as Joe and I actually recorded this podcast <laughs> hours ago. Then after we were done with it, Joe played it back to realize the sound was hopelessly garbled and you could not understand what was being said. Wasted an hour of my life, frankly. And now we're re-recording it after we went to a... Um well, I mean, we drank all through the first recording. Then we went to a lengthy dinner, drank all through that. And now we're back here recording it again. And we're, we, you know. I, w- I complained when we recorded this at 6 p.m. about how tired I was, just bone tired. Right. Now I've eaten a, a large meal. I've had three to four strong drinks. And um, I really don't want to be doing it, but maybe we'll find something beautiful from this pain that we're going through. I was mauled by a dog earlier tonight outside of Joe's apartment. Very bizarre. Dog just ran out of nowhere and started biting my arm. Do you ever think it's maybe it's something about you? Of course I thought that. I mean, it was it was so strange. Not only was I not provoking it, I had my back to it and was like looking at my phone sitting on sitting on the curb. And this dog went out of its way to just run at me and bite me. And that, that's not the first time. I had a poker game I went to where the dog tore through my pants and blood was pouring out the cuff of my pants. Like, in, in all fairness. Unprovoked. In all fairness, you are wearing the Alpo jacket you got when they sponsored you in the Indy. Uh, yes. In the Indianapolis 700. And it's not just, you know the alpo logo on the on the pocket it's it's a it's a jacket made of alpo dog food yeah a mistake probably <laughs> but here we are we went to a uh so we recorded we're talking about the halloween franchise this week yes. uh because it was just previously halloween and you know the franchise is about to start back up again and, you know, it just seemed like a good thing to do. It was Pat's suggestion, and I agreed with it. I had, I had just seen uh, the original on the big screen on Halloween night, which was fun. Um, so that's what we're talking about this week. And we, as Pat said, already recorded the episode earlier. Um, and the goddamn thing didn't come. This happened on Emotional Hangs recently, too. We recorded a whole episode, and then we went and listened to it. And it sounded like... Uh, like almost like if you were lost on an island and you had a walkie-talkie and you were desperately trying to communicate. Right. And on like in-between channels, you heard somebody being like, come in, come in, you know, like one of those things. Yeah. Uh, that's what it sounded like. Uh, it, it sounded bad. So we had to ditch it. 
it was a bummer, but we had dinner plans with our friend uh, David, and we went to dinner with him. That's Hollywood's David Crumholtz, folks. Yes. Ever heard of the judge? <laughs> He's in it. What was he in the judge? I saw it. He's the lawyer at the beginning when Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. If you didn't see the judge, uh, that film is basically if Iron Man was a lawyer. Yeah. That's basically the movie. In they're a just small like, town in the South. Yeah, they're like, let's just pretend this is an Iron Man movie, except you never see him dress up as Iron Man. This right. is just t- kind of Tony Stark being Tony Stark. And I believe Robert Duval pisses his pants in it, correct? <laughs> in the actual film, or is this behind-the-scenes folklore? <laughs> no, in the film. I'm pretty sure at some point Robert Duvall pisses his pants, because I remember being like, Duvall doesn't need to be playing the character who's pissing his pants. It made me very sad. Why does he... He's because he's old and senile, and he's butting heads with Downey and blah, blah, blah. Senile's not a term we use anymore. Why not? Uh, it's just not a term anymore. It's you not say like batty. No, yeah, you, you say that, that dizzy old dame. Yeah, no, it's not like a medical term. It's uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. Uh, dementia sounds goonier to me than senile. Senile. It's not. It's not. It, I don't think it was ever deemed derogatory. It's just. It, yeah. it, it was just a term where they were like, it's not an accurate medical term. Okay. I think. Now, Pat, far be it from me to uh doubt anything i'm saying right now uh-huh. after the night we've had yeah because i'll tell you i'm also four or five strong drinks in yeah we've had a little bit of the wacky don't have to tell them tobacco don't have to tell it's legal here it's fine i know have a card uh and i have chosen to have another whiskey while we record this i'm sitting this round out so i don't fall asleep yeah but um, are you upset that I told him about the wacky tobacco? No, not at all. Okay, good, folks. Before we get too far into this, <laughs> I, I think we should probably <laughs> pause briefly to get on with the show. Oh, <laughs> and in doing so, on W I T H T H E. Joe, very good. Little old timey radio feel. Now you little did Radio that. Land murders feel. You ever see that movie? It's a George Lucas vehicle. I liked it. I never saw. Horrifically it. reviewed. It, it was fun. It was kind of like noises off, but I never saw it. You know my George. My favorite George Lucas movie is Red Tails. <laughs> never saw Red. Did he direct Red Tails? No, he just produced it. But like that was the one where he's like, I'm done. Yeah. Like it was, it, you know, and it was a shame because there's a good story about the uh, black fighter pilots in World War Two. But right. like he couldn't he had a hard time getting funding. And I don't think anybody saw it. Did you ever see Noises Off? Uh, Yeah, I did when I was in college. It's a well, it's a great play, of course, a play I was in at one point, which now which school. role did you play in it? I played the John Ritter role. Okay. Now, did you do that fall down the stairs yes. like he does in the movie? Yes. But I, I think the movie is really, really funny, especially to be directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who is not a man known for his sense of humor. I like that movie. But wait, you Great. did that fall down the steps? I fell down the stairs. How yeah. did you do that? I didn't. I, it probably didn't look as good as John Ritter, but I just fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah, and you didn't hurt yourself. 
That's a very 16. hard. You can't hurt yourself when you're 16. That's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, I'm a skilled actor. Well, why do you bring up noises off? Um, because the Radio Land murders had a similar vibe. Do- a lot of doors slamming and et cetera. And I think under- that they're both kind of fun. Oscar has a similar vibe, which is a very underrated movie as well. Stallone's Oscar. Uh, soap dish, I would throw into this category. Sure, you're not wrong. They're farce. Frasery. Frasery. I'll tell you what. I'd throw John Candy's Delirious into this, uh, sure. into this mix. You ever see Once Upon a Crime? You know, it's, it's when I was great. a kid... There's not a movie I wanted to see more. I, I never agree. got around to it. And it's not great. Now looking back, I'm thankful because I also felt that way about Nothing But Trouble. And then when I finally saw it, I was like, "Oh God, what have I?" Would well, Nothing my But eyes. Trouble has sort of a traffic accident feel where you're kind of like, to me, it's better than Delirious or uh, Once Upon a Crime because it's just such a train wreck. It's more interesting to watch. See, I like Delirious. You don't like Delirious? I don't. No. Why not? Just like real bottom of the barrel candy shit. I mean, I well, see, to me, Canadian bacon is when you're getting that's fucking sucks yeah. down low. But Michael li- Moore did Canadian bacon. Yeah, I like Delirious. I like the guy from Happiness, like falling apart from the radioactive okay. exposure. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, it's funny watching John Candy be like the sort of like 007 character, where like he's like want very. That. Go watch Who's Eric Crumb. Then you know, at least you'll laugh. All right. I mean, I I, I like I like Muriel Hemingway. Ter- terrible. Talent, Jerry Orbach. No interest. You don't like Jerry Orbach? Never did. He does. He does. By the way, that's my chair squeaking. It's a most squeaky chair. Jerry Orbach does. Uh, Unconfirmed, folks. When I'm <laughs> Unconfirmed. What? <laughs> What am I? Are you okay over there? Yeah, yeah. You're right. All right. Yeah. Jer- <laughs> Jerry Horbach does one of my favorite movie gags ever. Come on, in Delirious. All right, one of your favorite movie gags ever is in Delirious. I'm not saying his version is my favorite. I'm saying it's a gag that I always am a sucker oh, for when they right. do it, and I've talked about it before on this podcast. It's when he's on the he's talking John uh, Candy out of the room. Because John Candy's all nervous about the script and Jerry Orbach's like the producer of the show. And he's going, it will be fine. We love you. You're our favorite. And John Candy's like, okay, as long as you're telling me it'll be fine. He's like, it'll be great. It'll be great. And John Candy's like, thank you. Thank you. All right. That makes me feel better. Thank you. And then Jerry Orbach shuts the door and he turns around and he goes, schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) I I always like that gag. That gag makes me laugh every time. Sure. Would it work for any word but but schmuck? I think schmuck is the best word yeah. for it, you know. Schmuck. So, <laughs> and what's that, your favorite movie gag? Like, what's a, one of those, you know, like things, an old classic? Yeah, like you've seen it a million times. Like the judge gets up, he's got no pants on. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of those things. I do always enjoy a uh, when when they'll knock a service person out, and then in the next scene be wearing their clothes. <laughs> most famous example of course is the naked gun enrico palazzo i just named my production company enrico palazzo you were telling me um but i just like that you you karate chop someone they fall to the ground unconscious <laughs> and you wear their clothes and they they fit better on you than they did on them 
Well, the double the double gag is when the clothes fit terribly. Right. right. That's always really great. I've seen a lot of variations. Austin Powers did some, I think. Yeah. I like that. Um, Delirious, he was a soap opera writer who starts to fantasize that he's in the show. Because uh, he's in, well, he's in love he with. He gets hit in the head? He's in love with Mariel Hemingway, who's auditioning for this part. The network. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He's not. He's in love with um, uh, the lady from. Yeah, she's like a soap opera actress. And she's Susan Lucci. Yeah, he, I think he's like in love with. I think it's Susan Lucci, right? He's in love with her, uh, but she's. I don't think it's Susan Lucci. It's not. It's definitely not Susan Lucci. You fully agreed with me. No. It's uh, Susan Sarandon, I believe, no. plays the part in the film. Anyway, he's in love with her. She, like, strings him along. She suckers Fiona him. Hughes, I think is who it is. It's psychotic that you know the actor's name. I'm going to look. If I'm right, I'm going to be very excited. I mean, that's, that's really... Nola Hughes or something? Go on. Go on. Anyway, he's in love with her. She's the star of the show. She strings him along. She knows that she can manipulate him because uh, he's in love with her, and she gets him to write the show basically around her and to her liking. Gotcha. And then he gets in, he, and then he gets into an accident. Uh, she screws him over. She's they're supposed to go away for the weekend, and he's furious, and he's driving and speeding up to this cabin alone without her because she's left him to hang once again. And he gets into a uh, car accident, and then he ends up in his own soap opera that he hates because of the way everybody's making him write it. Gotcha. And then he starts to write it from the inside. and It's actually a very cool idea. It's just... it's the, not The actress was Emma Sams. That's right, Emma Sams. And then also, you know who else is in it? It's Sledgehammer. David Rash. Yeah. From Very, Very Funny and Burn After Reading. I love Burn After Reading. I do, too. So much. I do, too. So much. I was walking around my house the other day going, I have a drinking problem? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, fuck you, Walsh. You're Mormon. Compared to you, everybody has a drinking problem. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's a very funny scene. Yeah. Yeah. His name's not Walsh in the movie. I just said it because I couldn't think of his name. I don't know anyway. what his name is. You want to do a Pat's movie corner? I, I will say yes, but I haven't seen anything. I, Nothing. I've been extremely busy, hence hence my extreme tiredness. I watched... Um, I'm still enjoying the new season of Curb. I think it's funny, folks. I think it's taken a meaner turn, but these are meaner times. Um, other than that, <laughs> I'm up till six on uh, Stranger Things. I'm finding it okay, but it's losing me. Every time I start it, I fall asleep. I've heard seven is a real low point. And that's the one I got coming up next. A lot of people hated seven. Seven's the one where she's like training. I ain't seen it. I, think. I don't know. Uh, I liked Stranger Things quite a bit. I finished it. I won't spoil anything, but I will say it is certainly The Empire Strikes Back. Of the series so far, at least, uh, it's definitely more of an emotional story. And I did like how the characters were sort of going off on their own emotional journeys. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was great. And I really came to care immensely about the characters. Like, I fell in love with Sean Astin's character. I like him. Bob the Brain. Uh, I really fell in love with the Steve character. 
the kids I already loved, and then you just love them even more. I really like Max, the new character. She's great. I like the guy that plays her brother. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the show. I got really into the characters. All right. Uh, and I wept uncontrollably at the finale. Okay. Because uh, I was so touched by it all. It was okay. just a, a, a depiction of innocence that I have... Pat, if I could be honest with you, I've lost complete touch with at this point in my life. <laughs> was this a snotty cry, a, a wet cry, an embarrassing cry? Uh, no, it wasn't a snot cry. It was a, it was like a real dad cry. Like you Stoic. don't want the kids to see the tears, but they're right. coming down and you, and you know they're there. But now why here alone would, would you need to hide it? Well, have you ever blubbered on your couch alone? It's, it's not a great feeling. I've done it. It's not a great feeling. But why not? It should be a great feeling. You're letting out a lot of sadness. I don't know if you are aware, Pat, but I am not in touch with my emotions. Nor am I. But I'm saying if you're sitting on the couch and they start to flow, why not just be like, oh, good, I can. I let them go as much as I felt comfortable with. But I feel that all people can see everything I'm doing at all times and they're judging it. Right. Well, Jesus can. Well, yeah. And he's a son of a bitch, as we oh. all know. Whoa, folks, I'm kidding. For you religious people, I'm oh. joking. Oh, you motherfuckers. Um, I have some Pat's Movie Corner stuff. Before, before I forget, folks, I'd like to tell you at dinner tonight, Joe, who was a little high, uh, David orders a uh, prime rib. What is it? Pork chop. And he goes, I'd like it. He no, goes, no, 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 he no. goes, he goes, should I get the pork chop or the steak? And they go, uh, I like the steak. He goes, all right, I'll get the steak, but I'll get it uh, medium rare. And then Joe says, I'll have the pork chop. And then he looks up, this crazed look <laughs> on his face, and he goes, not medium rare. And the waiter looked horrified. <laughs> And neither the waiter or me or David so much as smiled. And Joe, like, buried his face in the menu, ashamed and embarrassed. That was it. I was out for the rest of the meal. I didn't, didn't talk. didn't really speak again. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a huge swing and a huge miss. Uh, yeah. It made sense in my head. In my head, it was a great bit. Yeah. It was a closing of the episode freeze frame joke. Right. Uh, and it just was not that when it came out. No. And, you know. Not medium <laughs> rare. Very bad joke. Uh, I also led the meal tonight. Uh, my appetizer was a slice of blueberry cheesecake. Folks, I don't know how I buried the lead on this one. <laughs> Joe, as an appetizer, ordered a piece of cheesecake. before. That's before the meal. I I don't know. All right, take us take us but through. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. All right. Then Walsh is giving me shit. He goes, he goes. You know, I thought we were gonna share the Gator bites because <laughs> this fucking restaurant has a thing called Gator. Poppers. And on the way there, Joe said, "I'm gonna get those Gator bites. They they're delicious, and it is actually alligator meat that is battered and fried, and then they give you some sort of a Russian mixed with ranch dressing to dip it in. Heavy on the chives, whatever <laughs> it is. It's chive heavy." So I decided last minute, you know, I'm going to get this cheesecake first. I'm, you know, we're a little stoned. I'd like a little sweet tooth action. 
Then, uh, then after Pat's gave me shit, he goes, he goes, who gets a cheesecake as an appetizer? I say, who gets a Gator Bites as an appetizer? Never seen that on a menu in my life. Folks, Gator Bites <laughs> have been ordered by me and Joe there before. They're delicious. Joe said he wanted them tonight, and they're on the list of appetizers. Yeah. Not only that, but the special appetizer. Yeah. So, but they tossed that cheesecake out at us, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this. It was a stressful thing. We got in there. Look, let's be honest. I didn't want to smoke weed. Yeah. My friends pressured me into it. I said, I don't want to smoke weed because we're going to go to this restaurant. I'm going to get all weird. They said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Be a grown up. They slapped me in the face a couple times. <laughs> I hit Joe with a phone book at one point. Uh, Pat at one point grabbed my dick and yelled, this declares ownership the way like <laughs> Kevin Spacey did to that guy in the bar. Uh-huh. And uh, right. is that what he said? <laughs> he grabbed the guy's dick in a bar and he goes, this dictates ownership. <laughs> wow. Like the guy's dick. I, it's not funny. Sorry. Uh, but then the guy said he had PSTD. PTSD. Or PTSD for six months because of it. It's like, buddy, he shouldn't have done that. But are you, are you comparing this to watching your friend's face get blown off in a fucking foxhole? Yeah. It's, I mean, we can't we can't minimize it, but like. I don't want to admit I'm not the amount of time it. someone on the subway like grabbed my dick and I was like, eh, you're, you're not traumatized. By I'm that. not minimizing anything. Kevin Spacey shouldn't have done it. It's wrong that he did it. But to say I had literally PTSD. Yeah. Which is what soldiers who are in <laughs> awful war combat yeah. have. It's like, uh, come on, buddy. Like, sue him. But unless he twisted the dick, unless his fingers cupped uh, balls into a taint situation. I don't know. I don't know. They got, a, they, a got, probing they, got, grab. they got Andy Dick now on the dick grabbing. Andy Dick's uh, been widely known sexual offender for decades. The Andy and Dick story keeps working. I keep talking about is that he uh, when he, the time he was on Stern, he had a black eye. Yeah. And Stern's like, why do you have a black eye? And he's like, I <laughs> I grabbed Wesley Snipes' dick in a bathroom and he punched me in the face. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and they were just like all laughing. They were like. You're an idiot. What, why'd you do that? He's like, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't to be funny. So he, uh, he made a move on a uh, writer on my show. You're the male writer on my show a few years back. And he was like, sorry, man, I'm married and I'm not interested. Thank you. And he goes, uh, so are you really not serious about your comedy career? Oh, boy. Literally. Oh, boy. Oh, As if Andy. Andy Dick's going to take you to the top. Oh, Andy, don't be a dick. Spacey, I mean, they, they stopped that fucking thing on a dime. Yeah. Well, like, I like how they were like, we're going to stop production on this show in three years. And everyone calls them out and they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll stop production now. Well, you don't yeah. get credit now. And by the way, Kevin Spacey, I don't approve of what you did at all. I don't condone it. But thank you for being a pervert. So I don't ever have to fucking hear about how I need to watch House of Lies ever again. Cards. Or cards. What's the other one? Oh, that's the Cheetle one. House of Lies is one of the worst shows on television. House of Cards? First few years of House of Cards are very entertaining. I don't give a shit. I'm tired of people telling me I have to watch it. It's riveting and all this shit. It's kind of of riveting. It's gone. It's gone, and I'm glad it's gone. I tell you, the only House of Cards now is this gentleman's career. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like he wasn't playing with a full dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Only thing Spacey are his his victims after he drugs them. That was a darker one. I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> do you know what I remembered the other day? Is how we started doing the Sam Elliott impression on the podcast. I don't remember how it came up. 
I do. I finally remember it, and I remember why it was food. Okay. It was in the movie Grandma with Lily Tomlin. Bad movie. Where they go to Sam Elliott's house, and for some reason, the scene is him going, you want some corn? Yeah. And he feeds them corn on the cob. And sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the wind whistling through his mustache. So, where were we? Why, how did we get off onto Kevin Spacey? We were... Oh, you were talking about the PTSD and the grabbing of the dick. No, and, no, no, but before oh, that... Uh, oh, you grabbed my dick. I said, oh, you made me smoke weed. That's what it was. Right, yeah. You forced me to do it. Yeah, not true at all. I, we were like, come on, man. Once. And then you're like, okay. And, uh, and then we go to this restaurant, and from the jump, everything in the restaurant was everything I was afraid would happen. We had to stand at the host station for way too long. Forever. Being ignored by multiple wait staff. They wouldn't seat us. Terrible service throughout. Damon's in, in Glendale. It's such a fun place. They really whiffed it tonight. Tonight was a botch. They whiffed it. Botch job. Then I go to the bathroom. I'm standing there, and there's there's like a line of people, and then the guy in front of me turns and he goes, hey, I think the men's room's open. And I go, Okay. Aren't you in line? He goes, no, we're, none of us are waiting for the bathroom. So then it's, it's, it's weird. There's a line of people just hanging around outside the bathroom. I didn't understand that. Then you go back to the table. The waiter's taking forever. Then my goddamn rare, not medium rare joke bombs. It was it was a rough night. I, I just really checked bombed. out at that point. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing else for Pat's Movie Corner. I mean, I've been watching Perfect Strangers. We don't need to talk about it again. What's the What's the best app I need to watch? Uh, it's either the season five or season six premiere where Larry lies to his girlfriend, Jennifer, that he's an amazing roller skater because he wants to he wants her to be impressed for the for the fundraiser that the airline is holding where it's a skate a thon. And that's how he tries to impress. And he's, he's never like, skated. But he makes up a story where he says, when I was in high school, they used to call me wheels. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the whole episode so then they is leave. it like a dramatic monologue? I hope no, not oh. at all. And then the girlfriends leave, and Balky goes, "Cousin, you need to teach me how to skate." And he's like, "Okay, let's put the skates on." And they do, and then Balky goes, "What next?" And and then Larry goes, "I don't know. I've never had a pair of skates on in my life." Uh-huh. And then the whole episode is Larry's plan that if they just wear the skates everywhere they go, they'll be able to learn how to skate and uh, to impress Jennifer uh, for the fundraiser. Okay. And then, of course, he wins the fundraiser, and she goes, you raised the most money out of everybody, Larry. You did it. And then he goes, ah, oh, Jennifer, I mean, it was never a competition, and it was. And, you know. Right. It's, it's your typical Perfect Strangers episode. I'll watch it. Your typical Perfect Stranger Things episode. What is the worst thing Larry Appleton has done on, on, on Perfect Strangers? Like meanest or yeah. like the dumbest? The meanest. The one where he goes to the seminar... That teaches him to be assertive, uh-huh. and then his girlfriend cancels plans, and he's like, "I'll tell you this right now: don't you don't do this ever again, or you're out of here, Missy." Uh huh. And she leaves, and then Balky's like, "You were just really rude to your girlfriend." And he's like, "No, don't you get it? People like it when you talk to them that way, especially women." That's the one where he kind of goes off the deep end. Okay, but it's like funny because it all comes blows up in his face. It it's not like he does. just gets. It's not like he just gets away there. with being an asshole or something, right? 
<clears throat> I have something for Joe's scary stuff. And for once, did you get it right? Well, I think I might have known you did because we recorded we this episode it. already. John Carpenter's anthology on vinyl. It's a collection of John Carpenter's most famed movie themes. Halloween. Uh, other ones. Big <laughs> Trouble in Little China. Um, and it's very cool. They even like Dark Star and shit. They have, they have like... All these themes, and I think they're re-recorded with his band, which is like his son. I've always found the title Dark Star troubling. It sounds like a porno. It sounds it like does. a porno movie. You mean it sounds like somebody's butthole? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's great. I got it on vinyl. It's like 18 bucks, and you listen to these themes. It's great writing music. Great Halloween music. Check it out. Uh, I got a video game uh, during the uh, sale of the dead on the PS4 network. If you remember, they offered uh, uh, extremely discounted prices on video games all month uh, that were horror themed. I got a game called The Order 1866. Uh, It came out about three years ago. Uh, It was released to very lukewarm reviews, which is why I never bought it. Uh, It went on for the sale of the dead last week. They were selling this thing for, I think it was four ninety nine, And I was like, well, I'm going to buy that because I always wanted to play it, and you can't beat $4.99. Uh, I got to tell you, folks, it's one of the most stri- visually striking games I've ever played in my life. It's one of the coolest storylines. It's the steampunk thing where you're a knight in this sacred order, and then you find out that the order is the Knights of the Round Table, and you're, you know, which is descended down from King Arthur, and you're there because there are lichens in the city, and you have to hunt down the lichens, and it's cinematic and beautiful and so well acted. Voice and uh, uh, facial capture is, is, is truly just remarkable. And then you go into these action sequences where you're, like, doing, like, Gears of War shit, like ducking behind multiple you know boxes and walls and whatever to take cover and 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 having like shootouts with guys that are going to turn into werewolves sporadically it's fucking awesome it is right. awesome i don't understand why this game didn't get better reviews uh I'm order it <clears throat> yeah and i think when it's not on sale it's still only like 20 bucks which why is it called 1866 that makes me think like i'm gonna watch something about the old west it takes place in the year 1866 but not the old west no it takes place in london excuse me sorry I only like the Old West. I like, well, Red Dead uh, Redemption 2 is coming out, and that's going to be pretty insane. Is that a zombie one? No, it'll, uh, th- there'll probably be like a zombie bonus thing, but that's, that's an Old West game, and that's going to be Oh, awesome. okay. All right. But I, 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 like, I like, you know, sort of uh, 1800s. What is that? That's not Victorian, right? What is that? What era do you call that? That's not Renaissance. That's, what is that? Or is that Renaissance? No. It's definitely not. Renaissance are like the 1500s. Or 1866. Well, whatever. I like 1800s in, in England. I always think that looks very cool. It like looks like it's coming. It's just getting out of, you know, sort of a Christmas carol. Sure. And that's Victorian stuff. Victorian England. It is Victorian. I, should, I, I can't remember if I said that. Anyway, it's a great game. You Go said get Renaissance. It. Well, and then I said another one, too, but I can't remember what the other one was that I said. And it's I called said, 1866? It's called The, the Order. Order. 1886. Oh, 1886. This chair is really noisy. Sorry, guys. 1886. All right, I'll get it. 
Thought it was 1866. I mean, sue me, Pat. You know, what do you want? Well, you're recommending something. People might want to know. It's not that hard to find. You you type in PlayStation the order, and that's. (laughs) Well, I was typing in 1866, and I got no results. Well, I don't know why you would do that. Because that's all I remembered from the name of the game. Um, that's like sort of the sub. Look, let's get to the movie. You made the error, folks. The movies we're discussing today are the Halloween franchise. One, two, three, four. Halloween five. Halloween six. H2O. H2O. Resurrection. Rob Zombie's Halloween with rapes. And then Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween 2 with more rapes. Um, and then, you know, the on the horizon, the Danny McBride... Uh, new version of halloween with jamie lee curtis which is about uh michael myers returning back to kill and telling everybody how great of a murderer he was at one point yes uh but now he's lost it all and nobody respects him right and he's pitching i think which is weird yeah still wearing the mask all right i'm glad you got what i was doing with that i did it took a second all right i got it um for me there's one classic movie out of the entire franchise and that's halloween one to me there's one above average movie out of the entire franchise and it's halloween one beyond that my favorite is probably three because it's the most interesting it veers off the beaten path i like two four and five i almost forgot that i've seen h2o is really fun resurrection is terrible zombie one i liked even though it was repellent and I hated watching it, I kind of re- I kind of liked how scuzzy it was, um, and I hated that he killed that janitor, the janitor who was nice yeah. to him. It made me depressed. And then Halloween two is worse than that, you know. It's uh, it's not a great franchise, frankly. I think you're being harsh. I think you're being way harsh. All right. Now I'll tell you something about your precious Halloween one. Please do. It's a good movie, but I saw it on the big screen the other night, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of flaws in the movie. Go through them. There's a lot of flaws in the movie. First of all, uh, uh, Laurie Strode's best friend, whatever that character's name is, gets a lot of center stage time, and just she's just a terrible actor. And the whole movie, okay. she's just being like, you just need to get some dick in your pussy, Laurie. <laughs> That's like her whole character, right. and she's not a good actor, and she gets so much stage time, and it, it's crazy. You didn't like that she was a modern woman with a sexual appetite all I her own. I didn't care for it. Act like a little lady. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right? She's talking about, I want to go have a career. Right. Uh, hey, here's your career. Cook me some eggs. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, I just didn't. She's just a bad actor. Like She's, not, right. she's not good. All right. So that bugged me. Um uh there's also stuff in the movie that's shot extremely well and then there's stuff that's not shot that well it's like it's like you know the scene where she's trying to get out of the one the jamie lee curtis trying to get out of a door and there's like a rake stopping the door for a moment it's like come on like Uh uh-huh you know so there is a lot of that sort of old school um shooting and editing in it where it's just like well if we just cut back and forth between the bad guy and the good guy that'll be suspenseful and it's like not really. I think Halloween is very suspenseful. I'm not saying it's not in places. I'm just saying that it's not this perfect gem and of a you, film. And it's, you frankly don't know how heavy that rake was. It's 
it's got Sorry. its flaws. Yeah. It's got its flaws, and this is all I'll who, say. Who about among it. us doesn't? This know? is all I'll say about those flaws. Uh, I think it is arguable that one or two is the better of the movies. It's that, that's all. I get why people like one more. I Still. get why people like two more. I like two more because it's sort of like the the more the the slicker version of one. It just kind of hits the ground running and. And, uh, you know, it, there, there was more at stake, so the acting overall is just better, I believe. Um, you know, one feels like a very indie, low-budget 70s film, which is great. It's not bad. I'm just saying. I can get why people like one versus the other. All right. Um, three I like quite a bit. You know, uh, it's, it, it's for everything you said. It shouldn't have been a Halloween movie. But it's, well, it's, it's very cool. Should have been because that was Carpenter's original vision was every movie was going to have a different Halloween story. Okay. So the first one was a serial killer. The second one was going to be something completely different. Like there was going to be an anthology series, and and the studio, the first one was so successful that they're like, you have to do a sequel. Right. So I like Halloween three. I mean, it's batshit. Our friend Ken Hanley, formerly of Fangoria, uh, he thinks three is the best one. I can't agree with that uh, over oh. the first two, but Sorry. I, I, I understand why three would appeal to somebody, uh, and I like it. It's just a little, it's, it's a little too nonsensical. There's there, there are a lot of real logic holes in it, but it's fun to watch. I like four quite a bit. It was a return to form. It was a return to the Michael Myers story. Five to me is just a worse version of four. Yeah. And five is where the full on direct to video business started. So did it really not get a theatrical release? Halloween five four did limited, I, th I believe. And then five, I think went direct to, I think. But why, if these movies were such hits, I thought, well, because back then it was like, you know, there was two levels of successful. There was, there was right. theater successful. And then there was also, you're talking about a time when movies in the theater, you can get Jurassic Park and shit like that in the theaters. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're making gazillions of dollars. And it's, you know, it's not like now where these low budget things can go into the theater. Right. Um, but yeah, five was just sort of a worse version of, uh, of four. Six is dog shit. Yeah. Six is where they try to say that Michael Myers, the you know, the cause of his violent nature is some old like um, i think american indian curse or something like that <laughs> has that ever been a good idea <laughs> has it ever been a good idea to just go that is like on the stephen king wheel of reasons for things happening like yeah. i love stephen king i like his stories but some of the stories you re you're reading them and you're like he just spun his wheel where he's like what's sure. causing this a giant spider okay right. you know what i mean like uh, that th it's weekend at Bernie's two it was voodoo. Weekend at Bernie's two voodoo. Uh, Michael Myers six voodoo, uh, or or ancient magic, curse. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Ancient evil. Ancient curse. Jason goes to hell. Ancient evil. Ancient. It's never good. And John Carpenter said about the first film. He's like, look. Here's the thing. He's a mysterious evil. He kills his sister. Why? We don't know. Doesn't matter. You just know that that's what he did. Right. And that makes you question what his nature is. And then you have an interesting story. That's anytime, you know, they have with the Matrix movies. Once they started explaining everything, people right. were like, dude, fuck off, man. 
And look, I even like the Star Wars prequels, as you all know. I get shit for it constantly. But they did it with those two, where they're like, ever wonder where Darth Vader came from? Everybody's like, not really. Not really, no. <laughs> You know? So, um, uh, six really sucks ass. Um, H2O, though, great jump back. Uh, Kevin Williamson in his prime, coming right off of the Dawson's Creek and the faculty fame. Just to watch it every week, Dawson's Creek. Uh, I'm never Did not like the faculty. I'm never uh, not a fan of a Michelle Williams or sure. Jared uh, Jared Leto. Jared no, that's Leto. not Jared Leto. No. What's that kid's name? Pacey? James Vanderbeek. No, 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 no. In James Vanderbeek's no, Dawson. Joshua Jackson is no an H two O. Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Yes. Yeah. Don't like him. I love him. Why don't you like him? He's just a very sleepy actor. He's not intended to be trying. You mean as opposed to the electric performance you're giving right <laughs> I'm now? I'm not an actor. <laughs> I mean, granted, I portrayed Ben Frywater in episode nine of season one of Showtime's Roadies, directed by Cameron Crowe. Was there a season two? No. <laughs> no fault of mine. And I read the reviews. They said despite uh, Walsh's turn in episode nine, yeah. where it didn't get renewed. I was very good on it. Who, now, what was your character? Ben Frywater, I was the manager of the band Fantagram. Okay. Who were a real band? Great band. Love them. And I come in, and they're unhappy with the way the stage is set up for a charity event. And I scream in a woman's face about how it's not up to code. Okay. It was great. And then I'm right there with Fantagram. All right. I like it. Ben Frywater. And... No, I guess I would have missed the Emmy cutoff. Now, did but. you study the real-life Brent Frywater for a few weeks? <laughs> he was not a real person, so Cameron really gave me the space to create. Okay. And I, I mean, believe me, I took that space. What would a man in this position do? That sort of thing. Exactly. I got you. Now, I did live for about 18 months as a um, music talent manager. Right. Um, I Unbeknownst to the musicians themselves right right um so for 18 months i i would kind of shadow a lot of big uh music executives uh all in preparation of this role where i made you know 900 dollars uh-huh um for about four hours of work i also heard that you would sleep in a hammock in the studio just to stay in in the sort of zone of the whole thing i always do that yes yeah i uh i carry a hammock around you know, Walsh, I often say we're not paid to act anymore. No. And you're paid a, to wait. Yeah. Is what I say. And when a director gives you that Love gift. Love to act. Yes. Unwrap and, it. Uh, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I, for me, acting is playing. <laughs> you know, um, and I'll get right out there in the sandbox with, with my tools. My tools being my craft. Uh, my talent, my experiences that I bring to each role. And um, I got to tell you, when somebody else steps into that sandbox with me, hand me a, hand me a shovel and a pail, buddy, because I'm ready to play. Mm-hmm. That's And that's, and, how, that's how I see acting. And you, you, you might get a little dirty. I, I think you're not doing it right if you don't, frankly. Yeah. yeah. I would just like to say right now, and many people I admire I've heard say this sentence. Yeah. But I'm still going to say this. Uh, if you're ever somebody that's under the words, I get to go to work and play. Yeah. Fuck you. Can you believe we get paid for this? 
I just I play all day. That's my job. I just play. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Not because you're not playing. Fine, you're playing. You just sound like an idiot. Shut your idiot fucking mouth. <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Uh, H- where do you where do you rank a Mike Myers with a Michael Myers with a uh, Freddie and a Jace? Now Freddie's Freddie's always going to be my number one. Okay, Pinhead's always going to be my number two, my side piece, mm-hmm. if you will. So you need them to talk. <laughs> I like I like a talker. Sure, I like <laughs> I like a talker in the bedroom. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? I mean, you know, you bring Michael Myers up there, he lays there like a dead fish. <laughs> However, try to do a little uh, finger in the butt action with Freddy Krueger. You're going to wind up bleeding out. The man's got uh, sharp, sharp knives for fingers. You will get a little bleed out, but you're also going to get a nice pun to go along with it. What's that? Huh? What's that? You know, he'll be like, talk about a rectal exam. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Rectum. I damn near killed him. That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, From one asshole to another. There you go. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's perfect. I'm, I'm, I got some alts for it. This is why you do what you do. You're good at it. That's right. From one asshole to another. That's wow. very good. Oh, thank you. Thank That's you. very good. And I'm very tired. I want to say again. Uh, He's just flowing out. Pinhead's going to be my second in command, though. Always. Now, Joel, let me ask you. Why did you tell Jeremy Piven to do what he did on the set of Entourage and beyond? Uh, I wanted to bring him down. Okay. I wanted to bring him down. And uh, I didn't believe in him. I didn't believe in his work. Yeah. And I, I knew that he was probably just dumb enough to do something insane. He did. I have talked, I'm pretty sure, on this podcast about people I know who were sexually harassed by Jeremy Piven and about him uh, warning you if you hook up with him, he'll only do it in the butt and all this kind of stuff. I've heard. Oh, that was Grenier, actually. But yeah, Piven I've had a bunch of stories. side shit as well. But folks, by the way, I didn't. Allegedly. I didn't tell Jeremy Piven to do anything. It's a joke. It's a joke. I feel like we need to state that right now. Well, you didn't tell him, but you asked him. I don't know Jeremy Piven. I've never spoken to Jeremy. I did meet him once. He was smoking a cigar and drinking cognac, and he didn't really talk to me. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't do anything inappropriate that one time that I met him. But uh, All right. At least while I was there, so. That's pretty good. You know, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, see, see you later, Piven, I guess. Yeah. See you later, Spacey. You know. See, I'm going to go... Freddy. See, I don't like Freddy, though. Why? I don't like Freddy. Why not? I don't like looking at him. I think he's corny. He wasn't corny. He was fucking scary and awesome, which is why I got mad when everybody hated the remake so much. I was like, look, they at least they made Freddy scary again. Like they, It's not like goddamn one-liners and shit. So yeah. did New Nightmare, though. New Nightmare is great. I think two is good. He's scary in two. He's, you know, he, and three is where it starts to... Three's good, but three is where it really is teetering. Right. They're pushing it in three. Um, and then four, five, and six are where, it's, you know, I, I, I'll i watch the movies, but that's where it really goes off into, like, pun zone. Sure. Into the pun zone. But um, 
Who who do you like better than Fred? I mean, if look, if you're going to talk about the coolest one, it, it Pinhead is the coolest. He says the coolest shit. He's yeah. the scariest. You know, he's like, I'm going to take you to hell and rip your skin off with these hooks. Sure. And he says really great stuff. You know, we have such sights to show you. Sure. Your suffering will be legendary even right. in hell. You know, like those are really scary things to say to somebody. And, my, you know, I, I would say them to my mom. Sometimes I would sneak into her room at night and I'd wake her up and I would just whisper that in her ear Terrible. just to see how she'd react. My favorite is probably the lady in the water from the film Lady in the Water. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. Bryce Dallas movie. Howard. Yes. I'll tell you, she, she's not half as scary as her father on set. <laughs> now, why is that? I don't know. I'm just making a joke that oh. he like yells on set. I don't fucking know. Ron Howard, could He's you imagine a, a nicer nice seeming guy to work no. for? Seems like there'd be never a problem with him. You excited about Ron Howard's solo? Yeah, of course. It's Star Wars. All right. Uh... I just thought Christopher Lloyd was a weird choice. As Han Solo? As young Han Solo. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get that at all, but I hope he does a good job. Chewbacca! <laughs> yeah. I need you to fix the engine on the Millennium Falcon! Yeah. I'm like, young! <laughs> then huh? he says at the end of every line, I'm young! <laughs> I swear I'm not a day over 18. <laughs> um, Halloween Resurrection. Let's round this out. Go on. We already did a whole episode about this one. It fucking sucks ass. It is the low point of the series. It is worse than even the Rob Zombie movies. And I hate the Rob Zombie uh, Halloweens. But at least they have a plot that makes sense. And they're not. Uh, cash grabs in the sense that they're just putting celebrity cameos in the whole thing. Right. Uh, Halloween Resurrection is a fucking dog show. It betrays H2O. It's terrible. Um, and, you know, and we've talked about this as well. I'm very excited for the McBride one. Okay. I'm excited for Jamie Lee Curtis's return. I'm excited to see what they do with it as a sequel to the first movie to see if Laurie's is his sister still or not and i'm excited that carpenter's coming back to score and i believe produce you know so i think it's going to be pretty fucking good man is it a halloween release i would imagine but i mean here's the thing fun carpenter has like essentially ran screaming from this franchise for years Mm -hmm. for years and years and years like i i saw a documentary once about the franchise where it was like up, it was a, it was on a regular network, so there was commercials. And after one of the breaks, they go up next, find out how John Carpenter is still involved with the franchise. And I was so excited because I thought mm-hmm. they were going to say he was like coming back. And then it goes to Carpenter. He's like, "Yeah, I'm still involved. Every time they use my song, I get a check. <laughs> Keep paying me. I don't care. Keep making them. You right. know, like." And I was like, "Oh, this guy is like so over it. It's crazy." So the right. fact that he's back. And said this was an idea I couldn't resist. I mean, that's that's intriguing, obviously. So. I'm excited to see it. Uh, folks, that's our show, and that is the Halloween franchise. You got, folks, any, you got anything to plug, Pat? I got my show, Living Biblically. We shot promos this week. They'll probably start airing at some point soon. It's getting close. I think it's going to be January. We don't have an air date yet. Keep it in your thoughts. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at the Patrick Walsh. That's all I got, folks. 
Uh, these days, I'm only posting to my Twitter from my Instagram, but it's Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram. Come follow me, and I will be uh, in Texas. Uh, three cities, Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Austin on the 15th, Dallas on the 17th, and Houston on the 18th and 19th. Check out JoeDeRosaInfo.com for venue and ticket details. And that's our show. We'll see you next time. And we'll see you in hell. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>